So today is the 4th of July. So a lot of you may be planning barbecues, get-togethers, maybe visiting family, eating out, many plans. But on this day, what we truly celebrate uh, historically is uh, the signing of the Declaration of Independence. And in that famous, I mean, in that famous declaration, we come across a statement that stands out. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And this is what some would call is the American dream. That's precisely why we come to this country many of us as immigrants, and make this great nation our own. For the last um, few years, um, you know, I've been just amazed, um, especially of the, the political um, fabric of this, of this country, you know, this, this whole thing about the executive branch, the legislative, and the judiciary. It's just amazing that they are independent, they have checks and balances, um, you know, it kind of seems to work. And I cannot think of any other nation having something like that. And so we recognize the founders who in many senses we're prophets and they foresaw so many things and they put these structures in place. Obviously things have uh, developed, evolved over the years. Um, it's another question if we are truly um, living um, uh, or promoting these rights in the true sense and how they would envision life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. But they were truly prophets, the founders. In today's readings, we also come across prophets. In our first reading, we encounter Ezekiel, and then St. Paul in the second reading, and Jesus in the Gospel. They were messengers of God. And Jesus, the greatest prophet, God himself, he was not only the messenger, but he was also the message. And, and prophets face resistance, they face rebellion. There is resistance to their message. And, and this is what we see in Ezekiel, in St. Paul, even in Jesus. So going to today's second reading from St. Paul is absolutely beautiful. It comes from the letter uh, of St. Paul to the Corinthians. And it ends saying, For when we are weak, 
then I am strong. Or for when I am weak, then I am strong. And we live in a world where it's all about strength, accomplishments, getting to the top, being the first. That should be our focus. So this message does not make any sense to us. When I am weak, then I am strong. St. Paul had so many mystical experiences in his own conversion where he was riding on the horse and in the bright light, God speaks to him, he goes blind. You know, he had all these great experiences with God. And we would say, you should focus on that. Focus on your encounter with God, not on your weakness. But here in today's um, uh, scripture, it's about weakness. And this is something that the church has promoted over centuries. It's through failures that we reach success. It is through the cross that there is victory. Because without this message, without accepting this, how can the cross be central to our lives? There's a reason why we put the cross in the church, the weakness. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And obviously, just like any one of us, Paul asks and pleads to God to take his weakness away, to take the thorn in the flesh away. That is how our reading depicts this weakness. It's like a thorn in the flesh, right? If you've seen a beautiful rose, it has a thorn. Right? You've got to be careful, got to be gentle. So we all have thorns. No, Nobody is an exception. We all have thorns in our life, whatever it may be, physical, sufferings that God chooses some of us uh, to endure, psychological or spiritual thorns. Think about certain vices that we struggle with. I, um, I remember growing up, uh, I um, was very shy as a, as, you know, as a student in, in high school. Um, you know, I was never in front, uh, you know, like I'm here today. So, so one of the things that I was always like afraid about was, was this kind of, you know, what people would say a, a stage fright, right? That, you know, putting up, talking in front of the mic. And one of the things that, that I struggled with in many senses that was because I somehow had a kind of speech impediment. You know, I, I, I kind of would stammer at times. And I was afraid that if I would get on stage, that I may just freeze, I may just stammer. You know, I may just like, you know, get caught up in the word. Uh, it always kind of prevented me from, you know, being open to going up and, you know, and speaking. Um, but I remember, um, you know, when I was going to church, it so happened that I went to a small little um, church and um, 
they never had readers. They were not so organized with lectures and all of that. So just before mass, they would kind of just kind of abruptly ask somebody to read. And I remember, I mean, I would reach along with my family a few minutes early for mass. And inevitably, there was one day that I was asked, oh, would you like to read? And I just said yes, and then kind of regretted. But, um, but it happened little by little, you know, I went up, I read, I don't know if I, you know, if I stammered, if not, I'm not sure. But over the years, it just became better. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And in many senses, even today, even I'm standing in front of you, I still think about it. I mean, I still need a piece of paper. I, I still think I may just freeze and uh, but in, a, in many senses, what the thorn in the flesh does, it, is, it makes us humble. That is what is said in the second reading. You know, I need the thorn in the flesh so that I don't be elated, so that God can ground me, keep me down, you know, on, on this crown. Um, Victor Frankl um, had a famous book called Man's Search for Meaning. Um, he, he was a, um, um, a um, psychologist, a psychologist um, but, um, but he, obviously he gets into a, con a Nazi concentration camp and he survives it. And he writes this book based on his experience at the concentration camp. And obviously, a concentration camp is not easy. There's a lot of suffering, not only yourself, but the suffering that you encounter around you, um, you know, makes you hopeless and um, leads you to despair. But he said, suffering is meaningless unless um, you respond to it. Or, or, or let it put this way, you know, um, Suffering is meaningless until, um, or, or you can bring meaning to suffering uh, with the way you respond to it, right? With the freedom with which you respond to it. If you accept it, there could be meaning. If not, it's just meaningless. So we are always free, no matter, we're not in control of the situation around us, but what we are in control of is how I respond this situation, how I respond to suffering. And I, I'm still free. Nobody can take that away from me. Um, and, and he said, uh, that's, you know, that, that brings meaning to suffering. Those who do spiritual direction, I, I know some of you are here, um, you know, do spiritual direction with the event, the missionaries. One of the things that we ask um, is to know your dominant defect identify your dominant defect. We're all defective, we all have thorns, uh, but we have to identify. If we want to become a saint, we need to know what is it that I'm struggling with. And a dominant defect, when you identify it, could be anything. It could be anger, laziness, you know, think about the seven deadly sins, pride. Maybe they will not go away. Maybe they will be with me for the rest of my life till I am in the coffin. It will be with me. But, but it depends on how I respond to it.
Do I get, do I get into uh, depression? Do I get into despair? Or do I accept it? And then I'm free. That I can fall, but I, I know how to get up and keep walking. So God uses everything. He uses everything to bring something good out of it. And when Paul asks, you know, God, take this thorn away, God responds saying, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. And when we struggle with sufferings that God has given us, our spiritual defects, we want God to like, just take it away. I don't want to be angry anymore, you know. I don't know why I, I scream at this person. Well, God is saying, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. And as sinners, this is consoling. This brings hope. This is re reassuring this message. But like any prophet, like we said, is always rejected. You know, Jesus was rejected. His message was rejected, even in spite of all the miracles that he did. Remember the miracles last Sunday, you know, of the woman with hemorrhages. He raised the little girl uh, from the dead. He calmed the storm uh, a couple of weeks back. But people still don't have faith. He's still being questioned. He's rejected. And this is what happens to a prophet. We just spoke about our this great nation, you know, the declaration, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, all of this was rooted in God. But today, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness is not rooted in God. Today, when people speak about it, it's not rooted in God. Everybody wants to take God out. So freedom is all about what I want to do. Not what is the right thing to do, what I want to do. I need to be free to do whatever I want. But that's not what was ambition. Life, no longer conception to death. Abortion is okay. Pursuit of happiness is all about me. It's not about we, the people. It's about me. We need new prophets today in this nation. God is calling each one of us to be that prophet, just like Ezekiel, just like St. Paul. We may think we are weak. We may think, well, no, not me. We may be afraid about the insults, the rebellion, the rejection. But a message to all of this of God is telling each one of us, for when I am weak, then I am strong. May we pray for the prophets, may, may we be the prophets that this great nation uh, needs. Happy 4th of July, and I, um, and I wish that you have a great celebration. <laughs>